Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The NHL is one step closer to returning. MLB one step further away. And how about 
the first preseason FCS football poll in the country. It is Tutel and Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. We appreciate you spending some of it with us. We're happy to be along with you, whatever you're doing, hanging out around here as it feels like maybe it's turning a little summery out there in the world. I don't want to get too far out over my skis, as the kids say, but that may be a real thing that's happening. Uh, boys and girls, if you would like to listen, you are uh, welcome to do that in a lot of different ways. 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the state, and on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You go to our website, you listen live every single day, you listen live all the time. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up the phone and call, you can do that as well. 361-3688, the phone number 361-3688. You're going to need that phone number today. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Opening the show today, potpourri. It's a little segment I like to call potpourri. We're bouncing all over the place. Maybe grab bag right out of the uh, uh, the the old Midwest sports, uh, what do they call it? Uh, sports Jeopardy shows right on SNL. Anyhow, uh, we got some NHL to do. We got some MLB to do. We got some news around the state of Montana to do and maybe even some MILB stuff, Pioneer League stuff. So we got quite a lot to get through here in the first segment. In the next segment, if we're able to track him down, we are looking forward to have a brand new Montana Grizzly cornerback a transfer out of san diego mesa junior college uh, hunter allen uh, coming to join the university of montana Grizzlies. so we're uh, planning to have him on here in about a half an hour we are efforting him now we also are going to have how's this for you a wing it wednesday that's right wing it wednesday 361-3688 we got wings for you to the desperado sports tavern we might even give you a shirt depending on how things go i got some trivia questions about uh, the N- the nhl playoffs i got some trivia questions for you about the preseason poll that's come out so we got a couple of things to cover we'll do another one of those in the next hour top of the sh- top of the hour though five o'clock sam herter from hero sports uh, our good buddy sam herter who uh, does a great job covering the fcs nationally hero sports has just released their first preseason poll of the of for fcs football what are we about supposedly right scheduled to be about 90 days a little more than that 95 days whatever it is away from the start of the college football season so we will get into that with him a little bit and see where the montana schools rank uh within that they are both inside the top 10 i can tell you that uh and so we'll uh we'll, we'll cover that ground and much more with sam herter in our round table so there you go that is the show today uh and also want to remind everybody again right off the top Send us, text us on your telephones your best golf photos. We are giving away a stay-and-play package to the Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort. They've already started coming in. I've enjoyed looking at the pictures that have been sent to us. We've had some uh, some fun ones. We've had some funny ones, some very good ones. So uh, they, they've already begun. We will do this all week long and into next week. 200-8184 is the phone number. 200-8184. Text us your best golf photos. We're, we're going to select a group of finalists next week. And the winner going on an overnight stay-and-play at the Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort, beautiful Coeur d'Alene Golf Resort, and then a round of golf on the championship golf course over there the floating green the world's only remote controlled floating green you don't move the tee box you move the green because why would you make it easier to move the boxes when you can move the tee or the green further out to sea you know what i mean riding a boat to get out to that thing it's great tiger Greg wanted to remind us that in fact all greens are floating technically yes thank you 
Thank you, Ty. Yeah, yeah they all are. I just we're know he's, he's been listening to the podcast on his morning hikes. And, uh, plates. And we wake up to like 6 a.m. text messages sometimes from our good friend, Coach Ty. So thanks for listening, Coach um, Ty. All right. And get some more sleep, would you? Uh, Coulter, let's get into uh, – we got a bunch of things to cover here right off the top. So let's start with the NHL. Uh, we don't often start with the NHL, but this makes me very happy. The NHL, this has obviously happened yesterday now, but officially they are – not going to re-enter the regular season. They have chosen to go straight to the postseason, but they have expanded the postseason from the normal 16-team postseason that it is to 24 teams, eight additional teams. Said another way, only seven teams in the entire league aren't going to the playoffs. Perhaps that is an indicator you need to, uh, you know, rally the troops or whatever for those uh, for those teams that are not in the 24-team playoff fully three quarters and then some there's actually only 31 teams in the nhl so it's over three quarters of the teams going uh, to uh the the stanley cup playoffs gary bettman uh the commissioner uh the much maligned commissioner but nonetheless the commissioner who has been i mean bettman's been a commissioner of the nhl for 20 years or whatever i mean i don't know exactly how long it is colter maybe you could tell me but he's been there a long time gary bettman and I understand, like, people hate him because of the strike and everything that happened, you know, after that. But seems like the NHL has been on an upward uh, uh, trajectory, you know, from the last time that there was a holdout, a lockout strike that, that a lot of people lay at the feet of Gary Bettman and ownership, obviously. And uh, and they have really, I think, built their brand and product back largely into the American conscience. It's still not on the networks that it once was, ESPN and so on and so forth, but NBC has a huge contract with them. They do a really good job with it. 27 years. 27 years. February 1st, 1993. Good gracious. Okay. Uh, Gary Bettman anyway said the following yesterday, quote, as we see some return to normalcy, this is an important day for NHL fans. Since March 12th, we've been hopeful and optimistic that by developing all options and alternatives, we could get to this point. I know I join sports fans everywhere when I say, I cannot wait for the players to hit the ice again, end quote. Now, notably, this plan is certainly a step taken in the direction of returning to hockey. Uh, it is, you wouldn't, you wouldn't make this announcement, I think, without being optimistic, and they've said elsewhere, optimistic and expectant, that this will happen. Gary Bettman was very explicit. So this is not a statement that we are, in fact, returning. This is a statement that says this is what we're going to do if we can return, though, again, you know, they're hopeful. They've also, the NHL is attempting to do something like what the NBA, it sounds like, is trying to do and basically have hub cities. And what they want to have is two hub cities where the entire league, these entire playoffs can be played, the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, one in one city, one in the other city, and they will just play through. Now, it sounds like it sounds like Las Vegas is very high on the list of about 10 cities that they have. The other city they would like to have is some city in Canada because of the financial side of this thing, because Canada is so into how you would be big to have it there. As of now, Canada still has a 14-day quarantine uh, with, you know, in terms of, of, you know, before you can do anything entering the country. And Gary Bettman said for as long as that is a the national standard, that beco- that makes, you know, Canada a non-starter for us. My, my guess, what I understand, is that it 
will probably be Las Vegas for what you would think the Western uh, Conference, and I don't know which other city, perhaps Chicago, for the Eastern. Uh, But that is one more thing to get ironed out. What is interesting, though, is this format that they've done. Colter, they are going to give the top four seeds in each conference, eight teams total, a round-robin tournament to open play to seed themselves out of that tournament one through four. So it won't have to do with the points. Right now, I think it's Boston and Tampa Bay in the East. I don't even know who it is in the West. But they will play a round-robin tournament, and I think that is a great idea, and I'll tell you why. What they are going to do elsewhere is the bottom 16 seeds will play, you know, five versus 16. Uh, is it, or is it 16? I guess it's 12. What is it? It's 12, okay, So because there's 24 teams. So 5 versus 12, 6 versus 11, and so side, on, okay, right. uh, and going on that way. And the, they will play a best of five, right, first to three opening round tournament, and then the winners of that will go against the top four seeds that, you know, as they played in the round robin, and you will enter basically again a remade, a reconstructed, normal NHL Stanley Cup playoff, which we know to be the four rounds, best of seven series, and so on. The reason I think the round robin is so important is the the axiom is, right, that the Stanley Cup is the hardest championship, hardest trophy to win in sports. And it I has, never understood why. Well, because it's it's four best of seven series consecutively in the most physical of sports that play series. You know, football, sure. you play okay. one game and you're on. Uh, it's the it's the exact same format as basketball. So if you're talking about it, it's it, time, number of games, all that kind of stuff. It's the same, but just I think the physicality of hockey is obviously higher, at least from a from from a contact and if I may say violence standpoint than what it is in basketball. So that's what they say. In any case, to add yet another round to that is significant. I mean, the uptick in uh, in physicality that postseason hockey has is is you know, a major, major draw for everybody. I mean, everybody talks about postseason hockey, about how great it is, postseasons in general, but hockey specifically. I don't think it's fair, it would be fair at all to have teams, the bottom, you know, uh, 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 eight seeds playing an additional round of playoffs while the top four seeds all have what is effectively a bye, though one could very well argue they earned the bye. The fact that they have to play games, it's a round robin, they're only going to be playing three games because they're just playing each other, uh, is, you know, an advantage in some sense if some of these series, you know, presumably go five games or whatever it might be. But I think for equity's sake, what that would mean on the back end of it to have not played that first series would be a, a, a major, major, I, I think too much of an advantage for the, those top four seats. So I'm glad that they're playing, and probably anyways, they need to get on the ice and get those get those runs in, so to speak. But I think this will be a lot of fun. Again, it's not a guarantee that it's going to happen at all, depending on how things go. But uh, it makes me optimistic and happy, especially as a specifically postseason hockey fan, that this is what they're going to do. And I, I, I applaud them for it. And, hey, to add some more teams, to get some more games, obviously it's a revenue grab. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me that it's not the standard format. Nothing standard anymore. There is no such thing as standard this year for sports. So now give me what you can give me. And if it's more or the better. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. 
From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. The, the, the Whenever the, the status quo is gravitated away from or disrupted, it seems like there's always outcry. That's just human nature. It's sports fan nature. It's just how it kind of goes. I've heard less outcry for this than, than other um, other adjustments to potential mm-hmm. regular season and postseason scheduling. And as someone that's not a fierce hockey fan, I love it. I think it's great. I think that baseball and hockey both have a chance. And one of the most fascinating parts about analyzing sports is overlaying sports with culture, Over, overlaying sports with American culture, American pop culture, what is popular in America. One of the great lines of The Last Dance, uh, the, the most recent Chicago Bulls documentary, was that Michael Jordan redefined what it meant to be a sports entertainment person. We had ever no, only ever thought of Hulk Hogan as a sports entertainment person. Right, right. Maybe Muhammad Ali. But you were an athlete or you were an entertainer. Michael Jordan was both. Yeah, He was a pop culture icon while also being the greatest athlete on the planet. And I think that the overlay, though, because of Michael Jordan, because of the rise of... Well, because of the shortening of attention spans of Americans and also the rise of the NFL from multiple different avenues, whether it's the multi-billion dollar owners who can just spend all the money in the world to to create this once-a-week extravaganza that is an NFL football weekend, or whether it's you know, the rise of quarterbacks or the prolific offenses or the rise of gambling or the rise of fantasy football. Those have all helped the NFL become the king. But right behind it is that model Michael Jordan created with the, um, the superstars who can lead. I mean, in the NBA, more than any other sport, we care about the person. We care about the personality. We care about who the athlete is as much as what he does on the floor. So much of the way that you play, the way you look when you play, the way you act when you play, it influences all of that. Yep. But then you talk about the the hockey, everybody's hidden behind a mask. So they've fallen behind. You talk about the lockout, that was a huge hit to hockey. But also just uh, the, the way that it's become just a pocketed sport. I mean, the there's been some teams that have been in – non-traditional hockey areas, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning, the Nashville Predators, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, that have been in warm weather climates, atypical hockey climates, that have been incredibly successful in recent years, that have had nothing close to the fanfare. We were in Zootown Sports Cars the other day. They have a framed Connor McDavid jersey that's signed. And you asked Jason, who owns the place, would this jersey be worth way less if he didn't play for the Edmonton Oilers? And he said, oh, yeah, it would be worth 500% less than what it's worth. Because if he was just playing for the Atlanta Thrashers, it wouldn't have that Canadian draw. So that's where the NHL is maybe not kept pace. If he was it, playing for the Thrashers, he'd be playing alone. But yeah. Because they're not even a that's team right. anymore. Right. Okay. If he played for the Nashville Predators <laughs> yeah, or yeah. the Florida Panthers, Tampa, or Florida Panthers whatever. Point is taken. Point but, is taken. But I just think it's it's interesting to it's it, it's interesting to see because you have these four big pro sports, but it's not. It's not four big pro sports anymore. It's the NFL alone. The NBA, alone. Major League Baseball, alone. The NHL, alone. And I always ask myself why. I mean, you and I have been having the same conversation about baseball for three years now. What what caused me to gravitate away from baseball? But the one thing I love about 
the round robin is I think that in postseason hockey, so often it devolves. It, I shouldn't say devolves because the hockey purists love it. But I was having a conversation. A couple of guys that work at Hockey Lacrosse Wolf in town were over at my house watching. Uh, we were rewatching the match mm. on uh, Monday. And uh, one of them, he, he was talking about, we were talking just about crazy sports records. And we were talking about Wayne Gretzky and how, I mean, Wayne Gretzky's records are just so obscene, it's not even possible. They're, yeah. Wayne Gretzky is so far out in front of everybody. I mean, if, if, Wayne, if you took away all of Wayne Gretzky's goals, and he's the all-time leading goal scorer in the history of hockey, he would still be the all-time leading point scorer in the history of the NHL without scoring a single goal, let alone that he had more than 1,000 assists as well. His, his, his um, numbers are ridiculous. But I think that to bring this back around full circle, the rise of the equipment that the goalies wear combined with the athletes that now play goalie in the NHL. The athletes are some of the best athletes in the whole league are the guys that play goalie. That wasn't the case a long time ago. So when you're watching the Gretzky, Mark Messier, Edmonton Oilers highlights of the 80s, all those games were 7-5, to 8-6. to six. Now it's 3-2 to two almost every time. So I think what I'm getting at is I think that the one thing that really – you can talk about the lockout, you can talk about the regionalization of hockey – but the thing that's really, I think, maybe accentuated the c- competitive level of it, but also taken the common fan out of it, is the prolific nature of scoring. We see it in the playoffs, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, more than any other sport, where it becomes about one guy. If you got a goaltender that's red hot, you can ride him all the way. And yeah. that's why I like this new format, though, because I think this gives some of the, especially some of the top teams, a chance to open it up play really entertaining hockey with not a lot to lose, right? Because you're going to get, you're going to stay in the playoffs. This is just for seeding, right? So if you're just playing single game scenarios, I just think this is a great way to appeal to people like me. People that, I always watch hockey at your house during the playoffs. I just don't ever watch it during the regular season. But I'm all about this. This is going to be great. This is what I want to ask you, though, is you are not a hockey guy. And you'll you'll take a look at it when it's on and stuff like that and be be into it. But it's not so, I mean, you got to like, as you say, I got too many sports. I got to watch as it is. I can't pick up yet another one and follow it, and that's fair. But if hockey was the only sport going, would you watch it? Like, would you sit and watch it at your house? And do you think that could potentially get you into it? Maybe. Because <laughs> here's the thing. I need to understand the nuances of it more because my favorite yeah. part about watching sports is being able to discuss them, and I understand the nuances of all the sports that I follow heavily. I get the premise of hockey. I understand the rules. I just don't – besides speed and ability to skate and just being fearless, I mean, these guys, some of these guys, toughness is obvious. I mean, it's very yeah. apparent, but I don't yeah. really know what – like, explain it to me. Why is Connor McDavid so much better than everybody else? Well, I mean, first of all, he is the fastest skater in the NHL. Like, Ovechkin makes sense to me. Yeah. He can hit the puck harder than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. That's easy. You could see that. He, I mean, his knuckle puck is going through the back of the neck. Look, I mean – McDavid's McDavid's handle his hands his speed like all combined he just like he's just he he just is the best player in the NHL right now and it, there's there's a combination of things that are going on that make that the case and and you know maybe it's not even uncontroversial I mean there's a, there's a number of players probably that have maybe a case to be made about being uh, you know right there is the best player in the league players in the league and they do different things but again a lot of it is like. You know, if you if you love basketball, the fluid nature of hockey, sometimes people don't appreciate Rajon Rondo 
because the stuff he does, it's not readily seen. They're just like, well, what a terrible shooter. Okay, yeah. But he manipulated the floor to get a pass to a guy who was wide open to create a, a, a you know an assist that would have never happened if it wasn't somebody else. But you don't see that stuff right away if you are unless you're you're heavily into it. And hockey is the same thing. The other thing is this. Well, t- tell me this. Tell me this. There's there's in soccer. Yeah. If you get on the board first and you control the ball after that, a lot of times, so I, show, I won't say often, I won't yeah. say most of the time, yeah. but I've watched so many World Cup soccer matches where the better team does not win. Totally. Is that similar in hockey? I would say it. it is... It is, but not nearly to the extent that it is in 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 soccer. Here's the thing you understand about soccer, Coulter. How many shots on goal are there in a professional soccer match, in you know between the two teams in an average game? Shots on on goal in a professional soccer match yeah, yeah, between yeah. the two teams. Yeah, I would say a dozen to maybe as high as twenty. It, I would totally. And agree. if you're assaulting the goal, maybe one side gets fifteen. To twenty shots on goal, yeah, but I that's mean, if you're just straight running it. Like yeah. the like the the United States women's team, they were getting twenty shots on goal. I mean, I think, and they're, but they're scoring like eight or nine or ten goals. I, I think fifteen shots on goal for a team is just a, a an extraordinary. Like I think totally. that's a ton of opportunities in soccer. I think it, you're more in this, you know, high single digits, eight, nine, ten. You know, uh, uh, maybe on average, that's a guess. So maybe it's less than that. And if, you have, and if you have a certain style of player, too, that you can mitigate, you can make sure that the other team only gets three or four shots right, on goal. Right. Hockey, it's it's 30. At least. You know, on, on, on average per team. Right. So 60 total. And and a whole bunch more actual shots than that that end up not getting through or whatever, whatever it is. The point being, here's where I do think that soccer and hockey lose to the other sports in terms of the mass appeal. And it's this. It's very simple. In every other sport, basketball included, you can basically tell when a score is about to happen or how right. feel, how close or far we are away. It's very obvious in football. Where's what's the down distance? What yard marker are we on? What's going to happen here? We know it. Right. Baseball runners on situational position. Like even though baseball is by far the slowest, if you're looking for action, ain't in baseball. Right. But people can get like, oh well, I mean, I don't know. There's a runner, one out, runner on second. Maybe they got something going here. You know, and I think that's part of what baseball has lost because there isn't that as much because it's always just strikeouts and home runs now. Totally. But Have you watched it, any of the Korean baseball? Yes. Play it's baseball like that. <laughs> it's been great. The KBO. These guys are petrified yes. to strike out because yes. they know it's not part of the culture of their game. Yeah. They, Whereas guys in Major League Baseball, it's like, oh, you struck out. Good for you. You almost hit a home run, but you didn't. You struck out. That's the thing that makes me so mad about and watching baseball. In now. basketball, it's just the fact that the scoring is just never ending. It just always right. happens. And but but again. The scoring to me is sort of overrated in basketball. Like, if you really get into basketball, yeah, I mean, the scoring is the point of it. But it's everything else that's going on that makes it what it is. And I think that if you watch hockey enough, you start to understand it. But the point is, is that you could go, I mean, obviously, full periods without a goal being scored. And people will go, well, well, what are we doing here? But, I mean, if you're watching it, you go, well, that's what we're doing here. Yeah, you know? I think that the part that hockey struggles with the most is it is the sport that has translated the least to television. It is it is a struggle to puck on the near boards. You can't see it, and it goes so fast. And you only get to watch half the guys. I've been to actually yeah. more NHL games than any of the other pro sports because it's the most affordable, but also in live, it's unbelievable. Yeah, guys coming in off the bench. All the biggest changes, hits you everything. see are on the other side yeah. from where the puck is at, and you don't see that on TV. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when the guy checks in the game and then goes and cross checks the dude who's 
20 yards behind the puck. You don't see that on TV nearly as much. Totally. The the last thing I'll say, though, is this. To tell one is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Was it? It's probably been 10 years, maybe eight years ago, that they adjusted a bunch of the rules. Now, I don't know about the proliferation prolific nature of scoring in the NHL at Gretzky's time. I I have no doubt that it was at a higher level than it certainly became. But one thing that hockey struggled with was the drudgery and the grabbing of what you're talking about. And they did a whole bunch of stuff, including making the goal bigger than it was. They actually, it's several inches wider than it was, maybe even higher as well. They eliminated the two, you know, the the one, they they allowed basically a two-line pass, so now you can sort of cherry pick in a certain way, which you couldn't before. You had to have a touch crossing each line, which slowed things down, so there's a lot more fluidity in the the middle of it. And there used to be a lot more just clutching and grabbing. You know, basketball has fought with this same thing about how are we going to allow, how are we going to make the game more, more visual appealing without guys getting grabbed and pulled and pushed all the time they need to be able to move more on offense and and hockey has done that as well and I think you'll find that scoring in the last half decade at least is up significantly from what it was 15 years ago and it's rare I mean over the so the last three years in hockey teams have averaged three more than three goals per game each team right each team yeah uh, and that's the first time that's been the case since 1993. Right. But you look at some of I mean, the, the save percentages have been at 90-plus percent for s- since 1994. Before that, there was no save percentage of more than 86% right. for years and years. So this is a combination of the two, right? More prolific scoring, but also better goalies, too. I also think that every sport that we have, every sport, whether you're talking about the bats in baseball or the, I guess, honestly, if you overlay baseball and hockey, they're the two sports where technological advances has actually hindered what the common fan feels is the most entertaining part about the game. Technological for the goalie primarily is what you're but talking about. But all of it. I mean, when you watch Gretzky, they're playing with little tiny plastic shields. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so guys, not are, even. So guys yeah. are getting out of the way a lot more. You know what I mean? Mm. Like. The cross-checking of the defensemen now, because they're wearing straight football pads, <laughs> it makes them be way more fearless right. than when they're out in the open when you ice. Got no helmet on or whatever. Right. I mean, the goalies didn't back. even start wearing helmets until what? I mean, early '80s. I mean, Man, these guys. How? how I, I don't care when you're playing. How you're a goalie or any with, sort of hockey player. With nothing on your head. It's just. So this is the this is what I'm always telling you though. Beyond the sport of it and the goals or not or the right. you know the things or you know some of the nuances, it is the sport that is cult and nuances to a T. When you talk about what's the only thing that matters in life, toughness. That's it. That's <laughs> all. That's the only barometer by which anyone should ever be judged. So if that's the case, then hockey, my man, is your sport. To be continued, because I think that the NHL and the and Major League Baseball both have a golden opportunity. I think the decisions that the NHL have made are awesome to capitalize on that golden yeah. opportunity. We will get into baseball a little Who bit later in the show because they. The I mean, I, we. I said this two weeks ago, and these. I can't believe that they're they're making the prophecy come true. I said, these guys are going to straight not only shoot themselves in the foot, but then cut it off with a hacksaw if they don't get this right, and they're getting it so wrong. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, it's a bad start, no question. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We are efforting Hunter Allen Newgris, cornerback transfer. We'll see if he can track him down. Also got plenty of baseball stuff to get to. Sam Herter, top of the hour, all coming up after this. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Not a lot of fun in the news today. We'll get into some of this stuff in piecemeal fashion throughout the day. But we got happier things to talk about. It's Two Tell New One. It's 1029 ESPN Radio. Good to be with all of you. By the way, the best of 2020, best of Missoula 2020 on the Missoulian is up. You up? Ryan Tutel is up. Tutel and Nuanas is also up, same category. So I'm expecting a, f- a just an overwhelming win. I mean, if we got for two, us. Actually, if we got for two things guy. in there, we should, you know, get them. Vote anyway, for him. Vote for him. This but, is his show. I just participate. Stop with this. Uh, by the way, uh, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, uh, the ultimate vote, a f- Twitter follow at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT. We go now to the Raggish Brothers RV phone line. We're happy to welcome in a brand new Montana Grizzly transfer, a cornerback out of San Diego Mesa uh, Junior College. It is Hunter Allen joining us on the phone line. Hunter, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. It's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Well, we're very happy to have you. Go ahead, Coulter. Yeah, yeah. Hunter, hey, Coulter Nuance, I'm the one that you've been talking with a little bit. First of all, I know when we texted earlier, you said you were on your way to Montana. So where are you in the drive? Are you here yet? Oh, yeah, just touched down. I'm out here in Missoula, and it's, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so much different from anything I've ever seen, and I'm I'm ready to be a part of it for okay. sure. Okay, listen now, Hunter. This is great. This is great because now, I, have you ever been to Montana before? See, I have. I have a family that stays in Big Fork, Montana, and I visit there oh. as a kid a lot, like every summer. So okay, so, uh, so so now yeah, you're so ruining it, though. We wanted to like <laughs> we wanted the ultimate first impression, but you already know that you're coming. So here's the question: Then, if you got family in Big Fork, you know, you know what it's like, Flathead Lake, the whole thing. Like, it. how how much of that influenced your decision to say, yeah, the University of Montana, that's where I want to go play ball? Oh, that was just a huge part just uh how much time i spent here as a kid and being in the outdoors being with my family and just it, it really molded me into person i am today and I, i'm i'm happy that i could bring it back here and get give back to what it's given me well very cool we're happy to have you and we really we expect a lake invite since you know you, you got the yeah, place man, up you on got big, big fork oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, take take us through your recruiting process uh, you're from the san diego area uh, you go to junior college down there in, in Southern California. I know Bobby Halk, head coach at Montana, has strong San Diego ties, as does Justin Green, recruiting coordinator, who he himself is from San Diego. So when did Montana first land on your radar? How did the recruiting process all play out for you? And what ultimately was the deciding factor for you to want to become a Grizz? Well, uh, 
well, first off, Coach Coach Green is a San Diego native, as you said, and he uh, he went to Cathedral High School, same as I did. And um, we had a a nice um, increase in players who went to Cathedral to go to University of Montana. Um, I had a couple friends uh, playing defense also who are out here right now ready to get started with me. Um, but I think the, the biggest part was just how, how closely related my stories were with um, some of those same players who came from my, my background and how much they enjoyed it. And I, I was just very, very ready to get in on what they, um, they were talking about. And I, I'm, I'm really happy to be here right now and start to reap the benefits that they were speaking of. You know, Hunter, let's talk about this positionally because you come in as a as a cornerback, and it's a position that Montana graduated a couple guys, had a, maybe a, a player or two uh, leave from the spot. They've also brought in a couple of guys to to the cornerback uh, uh, room as well. What have What have you talked about with uh, you know whether it's Coach Schillinger, uh, the, the staff in general, Bobby Houck in general? We always know it's a competition, but what are your expectations about you know being on the field and what where you know where you fit in in regards to you know the defense side of this thing um well i've i'm always a 110 percent player i mean well whatever they need from me i'm definitely going to be there to give it to them uh but i'm i'm there to get my spot for sure uh i'm i'm a cornerback and i'm, I'm there to play cornerback and um if they need me to um you know step outside my comfort zone and uh you know play play new positions or uh, do do anything that's expecting me. I'm going to do exactly that. But I'm definitely here to compete, uh, try to get that corner spot, and perfect my game to the fullest, just to the fullest. And within that, have you talked to Coach Cox specifically about you know what he wants and what he's looking for in terms of the skill sets that he's trying to find and and what you do and what you feel like your strengths are as a corner? Yes, yeah, I've I've spoken to Coach Cox uh, a few times, and he he really. Um, he praises the kind of the kind of player that I'm able to be and the kind of player that I am, um, and he's he told me that he's just trying to simply build off what I have right now. Um, I'm, I'm a great um, man coverage player, but he said that there's definitely things that we need to work on, but those those are just uh, the the tiny the tiny things that can ultimately put me together as a, a, a top notch player. So I'm ready to get into some of those, but as far as whether he wants me to start as like a nickel nickel coverage guy, or if he wants me to uh, play DB, he hasn't given me a. Um, we haven't gotten an idea yet, but I'm really excited to get on the field and start to chip away at whatever it is that he he expects of me. Montana Grizzly transfer uh, coming in to play for the Grizzlies. Hunter Allen joining us, transferring in from San Diego Mesa by way of Cathedral Catholic High School in San Diego, California. Tell us a little bit about your high school experience transi- transitioning then into your college experience at the junior college level. Were you recruited very heavily out of high school, and what made you choose the junior college route? Um, out of high school, I actually wasn't uh, recruited uh, too heavily. Uh, there were definitely schools I were interested in. I went into a ton of camps, satellite camps. Um, but it just – I just don't um, – I just never really – found found that place for me uh i, I just ne- never thought i was one of those uh players who uh fit in exactly wherever he wanted to i kind of had to find a place where i i belonged um so staying home and you know building as an individual and as a player at san diego mesa was definitely the best choice that i made 
uh, going with some of like the best coaches and athletes that I had in my area uh, and having them them themselves mold me uh, into the player I am right now. It, it was such a huge and humbling experience for me to be a part of. And I'm so grateful that I was able to take that step and, you know, take that road less traveled and to get to where I am right now. Uh, it's, it was it was a great experience, and I'm, I'm very grateful for it. New Grizz cornerback transfer Hunter Allen joining us. And, and Hunter, out here in Montana, you know, we, there's not really a junior college system. We know a little bit about it, but it's sort of off the radar a lot of times. But for those people who know, when you played in it, the, the, the J.C., level of competition and the athletes that are there is huge i know that a ton of guys that you play with going you know all kinds of places colorado state mountain west even bigger than that uh uh into the fbs so what was it like to play and compete at that level because there's a ton of guys there that are that are absolutely top players in the country right oh for sure there's uh there's athletes from from all different walks that that come together and they play together in the same same junior college uh, environment, and that's that's a really beautiful thing to be able to do because uh, coming out of high school straight into college, there's definitely a, a pace change uh, that happens, and sometimes it's it's a little easier for people to pick up that pace. Uh, other times it's harder, and I think that uh, JC really really helped me uh, find my pace uh, coming into this next next um, facet of football, uh, and I think that. It's it's set me up for for the long haul, honestly. I think that I'm going to be able to uh, play some of my best football now that I've uh, taken that path. Some of my favorite stories to write used to be before Last Chance You became such a prominent and prevalent part of the football watching culture, because I think that people mm. didn't know about junior college football. So anytime you had guys like yourself that maybe were lightly recruited out of high school. But they, they chose to bet on themselves and earn a shot at a Division I school, you know, be it FCS or otherwise. A lot of times those guys have some of the best and richest stories. People have kind of learned a little bit about J.C. football because of Last Chance U, but there's still some, some crazy stories or some things that people don't know. Do you have anything like that? I mean, what did, what did being at the junior college level and having to grind like you guys do teach you about uh, getting to a Division I level like you have? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, there's, like I said, there's so many individuals and just like so many stories that, that come together. Um, and I don't, I don't really think, I think the beautiful part about JC is no one story overshadows any other. That's the reason that, that you're all there. You know, you, you're all in the same place right now. Um, so the past, the past matters, of course, with what you got, what got you there, but you know, if we're here together, then the future is what we're really looking forward to. And I think it's really, um, really cool how you how you mention that there are are different players from different walks of life, and that's that's pretty much what it's what it's all about uh, coming together and get that same ideal of what football is. Because if you don't have that, uh, if you don't have that goal and the ability to bet on yourself, as you said, then there's really no place for you in football. Because that's that's all it is. It's just betting on yourself as long as you can and as hard as you can. So. Bobby Houck is so famous for wanting competition at every single position, and his staff is the exact same way. But being that you have had to kind of claw your way to this level already, are you excited about coming to Montana and compete? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's nothing different than anything I've been I've been used to. Um, if there's if there's no if I'm not competing for the spot, it feels like um, 
um, it, it, it would it would just be like there's something missing. It feels like I'm, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doing enough, and um, I always push myself to notice the the little things that I'm missing from the little things to the big things, and also from like I I'll compare myself to players a lot. Not not just the players I'm playing with now, but um, like professional professional athletes. I'll compare myself to a lot technique wise, attitude wise, and that's I think that's probably one of the best things you could do if you're going to be an athlete trying to get to the next level. Well, Hunter, I'll tell you what, man, we appreciate you joining us. Welcome back to Montana. We're excited uh, for for football to be here as soon as it can be. Be take care of yourself, be safe, and uh, and look forward to to uh, seeing things unfold here the next couple of years with the Grizzlies. All right, man. Oh yes, sir. I'm very excited to, to get started. Thanks for having me on. God bless you. You got it. Thank you, Hunter Allen, new Grizz cornerback, transferring in from. Again, San Diego Mesa Junior College. Great to have him on. Appreciate it. Great kid, man. Fun to talk yeah, to Yeah, very you. engaging. Very uh, good storyteller, good orator. And uh, here, here's the thing. This is there's such a um, there's such a stigma of junior college athletes. I shouldn't say stigma. But you know you're getting such a specific type of guy almost always when it's in basketball. Because betting on yourself and going to a junior college and then getting out it's going to take your own personal development, but also you're probably going to have to put up numbers. So you're going to prioritize your own personal self rather than playing in the scope of a team. That's all fine and dandy a lot of times. And also a lot of times, if you are recruited out of a junior college and then asked to be the seventh or eighth man on a Division One team, it's going to be really hard for you to adjust. If you were the guy that was scoring 18 points per game and that's how you got to D1, you're going to get be disgruntled if you were – Getting three shots a game. Yeah, the Layton Ricketts of the world is very rare. A guy that was a you know good player at junior college, but then came to Montana State was a role player right away. It's why I think that Travis Takir, because he at Montana is so about the culture of his team. He's had a ton of transfers, but those guys have to sit out and learn the culture. Whereas he has hardly ever dipped into the junior college ranks. Yeah, yeah. because it's the FCS though. So often the guys that come from the junior college ranks to the FCS are guys that had almost no opportunities coming out of high school. So a lot of times they are just their development, they're, they're developed versions of what we see at the walk, preferred walk-on level. Guys that had to bet on themselves and then earn their way here, whether it's Montana or Montana State, but then they have that chip on their shoulder. They're hungry. And that's why I think that you know, Bobby Houck has actually gone to the junior college ranks quite often, and so has Jeff Choate. And I think that those guys, in terms of fitting into a team, because if you if you if you went to a junior college and you didn't get an FBS offer, you're still hungry because you probably went to the JC either to get any offer whatsoever or to get an FBS offer. Right. And so you have that chip on your shoulder. So I just think it's a distinctly different dynamic. A lot of times when you're building your D1 basketball program on JC guys, people scoff at that. They say, "Well, good luck ever having any sort of team chemistry." Whereas a guy like, I mean, you just heard from this young man. He, he's ready to come in and compete, and I think that's why it, it especially for coaches like Hauk and Choate, mm-hmm. it works a lot better. It's the sport, though, too, right? Like, you can't be the 20 shots and no rebounds guy in 
in football. You know, there's no right. analogy to that, right? Really? Like, what are you just not going to block if you don't get the ball and you're a running back? Like, you'll never see the field ever. So you have to go out and do do that stuff. And it is, it's such an interesting game where in one sense it's the consummate team game, but what do they always talk about? You're 111th. Why? Because it's you one-on-one with whoever's across from you or, you know, you're lined up with. And maybe sometimes it's one-on-two, depending on how good you are. But you know what I'm saying. So you do, you can go, you know, that JC, and just work on yourself, work on yourself, work on yourself. And in so doing, you are contributing to the success of the team, you know? And so, uh, uh, you know, you can, you can, uh, you get that is a, in virtue of the sport that's being played. It's Sue Tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. Boys and girls, it's time for a Wing It Wednesday. Give us a call, 361-3688. We got wings for you to the Desperado Sports Tavern, the best wings in the entire city of Missoula, 361-3688. You go on, uh, give us a call. We'll do some trivia. I got a little bit of NHL playoff format trivia for you, preseason polls trivia for you. Trust me, it's not going to be overly difficult, okay? 361-3688. See if we can get you some wings to the Desperado next. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top of mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a thousand of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. is on the board when you get that shredding guitar. That's right, dude. The Scorpions. Reese needs Reese needs to be in on the Winds of Change podcast because I think he'll Bro. love it. Reese Reese may have been born two decades too late. I mean, yeah, he, but he was, can still get down on some conspiracy theories oh. and some oh. and some East German metal. To tell new one is one hundred two nine ESPN Radio three six one three six eight eight. If you want to do a Wing It Wednesday. I uh, got some questions here for you. You can get wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern just that easily. 361-3688. We do it every Wednesday. Do a little trivia with you. Uh, so we will uh, we'll do that here. Uh, Coulter, this has been obviously within the scope of, of the, the sports center and the news that we've been doing, uh, but also turns out you know to be uh, a cover story uh, on the Missoulian and and obviously within the state of Montana, a prominent sports story, and that is of Bo Donaldson. Bo Donaldson, uh, obviously central 
figure in in what was the demise in many ways of the University of Montana football program and thereby athletics at, at some level uh, was uh, pled, pled guilty to rape in 2012 went to prison uh, obviously and then was released on parole and uh, violated parole a couple years ago um, I think by what well, my understanding is had it a smartphone, which he's not allowed to have, and not, he's not allowed to be on yeah, social, social media, media which yeah. he was on. And he also was in a bar so, at one point. Um, you know, they're, they're minor things, and yet they're the rules, and if you are on parole, then then that's what it is. And once again, uh, he is back in jail. It has been actually for three months. Nobody really realized that he was there, evidently. Uh, so, I mean, I first of all, I got to say that of all the things that we analyze and talk about, this is the absolute hardest one for me to look at objectively. Um, I mean, I grew up with Bo my whole life, and I knew he him. went to high school together. I, mean, I knew him very yeah. well. He's a good friend of my brother's. And, you know, I mean, he he was the, the stud young kid at Big Sky when I was the older guys. And so we were always, you know, taking him out to lunch, being hard on him, bringing him along. And we knew he was going to be a phenomenal player. And he did. He became a phenomenal player. And uh, then his life went off the rails, obviously. And it, it culminated in in what was a horrific crime. Um, and, you know, a lot of this stuff is, it's, to me, the reason this was, first of all, let's talk about the logistics of this. The reason this came to light is because, because of all the dominoes, <clears throat> excuse me, that have fallen during the pandemic, for whatever reason, the Gallatin Valley, the Gallatin County, excuse me, jail roster had not been updated for several months because of the pandemic. Mm. That's why this became news yesterday because no reporter right. had seen it and then all of a sudden they see it. But to me, the news story here is not necessarily Bo Donaldson violating parole because I'm not here to sit here and pile on this guy. It's obviously, uh, there's a lot of details here that can go a lot of different ways. The news story was more that he has been in jail since March 3rd because of the pandemic. I mean, he's mm-hmm. basically a casualty of this. And ironically, while there's prisoners being released around the state and around the country, he couldn't get his hearing in front of the parole board because of Cause he the shutdown. Because transferred, yeah. he couldn't be transferred. And so that part's the part that's kind of mind-blowing. But here nor there, I mean, it sounds as if he was living in a house with some family members, including his cousin, and his cousin had some some weapons, a hunting rifle and a handgun. Because he's a convicted felon, he's not allowed to be around those things, and so it is a violation not, of Not allowed to live at a residence in that which has those, those are there. They right. were there, and then that's a, a violation of parole. So that's that's the deal, but you're right. He's been there in, in jail just sort of waiting for the last three months, at, or close to three months, and we will see, uh, you know, what comes of it. But uh, certainly, uh, you know, not a happy story, and it continues to have more chapters written to it. Uh, the other one is Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf, who has had... I've been I've been such a big Ryan Leaf fan. I think a lot of people have in terms of you know what he's done the last five years, seven years, something like that. When he you know has turned his life around uh, seemingly, and and I don't think that that is disingenuous. I mean he's been he's been sober and uh, on the come up and doing you know so many so very many things in terms of public speaking and motivational speaking back on ESPN and things like that uh, after you know again a life that spiraled out of control primarily due to self and then drugs thereby um, but he was arrested uh, on a misdemeanor domestic battery charge I don't have any idea what the detail of that is a, a misdemeanor is is you know 
Okay, I don't, I don't know what what that what the range of things that make it a misdemeanor and then over and against what a felony is on a domestic uh, you know charge is, but when it's this guy and it's and it's arrested in Palm Springs, it, it everybody just goes, oh, I mean, really, really, and um, you know. We don't know the specifics of this thing. Uh, supposedly, he's going to have a court date in September uh, to address this directly. Who knows what will happen out of all this? But again, you know, when you've used up all of the, you know, all of the all of the second chances that are there to be had, r- regardless of what the thing is, it's pretty easy for people to be, you know, pretty disenfranchised on something like that. And I certainly understand it. I myself am awaiting, you know, more specifics on the situation before I, you know, make it the, well, not that my decision matters, you know what I mean? But before you sit here and you, you you know, write a person out for whatever it might be. But, um, you know, I've been a big fan of Ryan Leaf, what he's gone through and what he has tried to remake himself into. And then you have something like this and you go, okay, well, where are we at really? And obviously the cynics out there are going to say, you know, nothing's ever changed. Everything's just the same. I'm not ready to say that. Uh, but we'll we'll see what happens. But once again, you know, another guy who's been in the news on the wrong side of things, doing things, uh, you know, messing up his whole life, basically, uh, is back in that at some level. So we'll uh, keep you updated on that as we go. Stutel Nuanas, 1-290 ESPN Radio. Here's what we're going to do. We went too long. We're going to push the, the wingets back. Coulter's got some for you, so we'll get you some uh, Desperado wings here in the next hour. But next, it is time for our ESPN Roundtable. It is brought to us by Paradise Falls, and joining us is Sam Herder of Hero Sports. Couple of great columns, one great column specifically about who should be the number two team in the nation, and also that going along with the Hero Sports first preseason football poll, the FCS level, will tell you where the teams line up, particularly the Montana schools will tell you this. They're both in the top ten in what order? You'll find out right after this. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 